Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good day. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com internet radio. And good day to all my listeners out there. And how are you all out there? I miss talking to you, my wonderful listeners. I pray that you are all doing just great, blessed, and highly favored is my wish for all who is listening to me. Now, how are you doing, Teresa? Well, I was under weather a little bit, but I'm doing just great. Had a little hiccup, which is why, <clears throat> excuse me, I had my fabulous engineer, Dave. Shout out to um, Dave to do an encore of the previous show titled Everybody is Gifted. But most people never open their packages. It was a quote from Wolfgang Ryby. The show was a conversation with Reginald C. Campbell that life is a beautiful thing and that we all have gifts that far too often we are not open so that they can be utilized to its fullest potential. That far too long, often, and many of us live out our lives not knowing the, the magnificence that resides in us. I felt this talk would be beneficial to you all if you wanted to hear it again, or even of those who out there who had never heard the broadcast. I am hopeful that you found it to be rewarding for all of you. Okay. The topic of our show today is about a fabulous organization named The Ripple Effect. This is an organization that is designed to assist our veterans in this country to be able to live out functional lives as they leave the military. This organization helps the veterans by addressing their needs pertaining to re-education and revitalization. And their mission statement, it goes like this, listeners to prevent suicide among veterans by connecting them with vet veteran mentors and organizations that help veterans and their families heal. I think that is just absolutely wonderful, and it is something that we desperately need in this country. Now, our guest to discuss this matter is Sandy Roberts, who, if you guys follow me, you know that she is a friend to the show, and she is a special guest of mine. She is affiliated with this organization, and she is going to educate us on the great things that are being done to assist the vets of this country. We will also be joined with the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell, who is my brother, who is my friend, and he is also a frequent guest on my show. Now, I will be bringing on my guests momentarily, but I'm going to talk with you, my dear listeners, for a bit here. So you say, what are you going to talk to us about, Teresa? Well, let's just let's get this out of the way, listeners. The weather here for today in our beautiful state of Arizona is 107 with a low of about 85, 83, depending on where you are. And we have a humidity of like 68 percent. And that gets a yikes for me. Now, the weather in our entire country is off the chain, to say the least. So much flooding and turbulent weather, and I pray that people who are affected are safe and that they find themselves, you know, getting help as soon as possible. Now, look, here's another couple of educational items that I want to talk to you guys about, of course. Do you remember um, 
that Vice President Al Gore did a documentary titled An Inconvenience Truth in 2006, which, by the way, is still available for viewing, should any of you out there be interested in this documentary. So now, to refresh your memory about this documentary, Al Gore was detailing the negative negative effects that global warming is consistently having in our world. This documentary has very, you know, it was very popular and controversial, to say the least, as Al Gore did a great job of vividly outlining and bringing to light to the public in speeches along with actual videography to his audience members to show the things that were that were and still are literally destroying our way of life on this earth. The negative effects that global warming is having on human beings and the animals that we share this planet with are unfortunately in trouble if we don't start implementing things. Now, I have a question. What is up with not having mandatory laws regarding recycling? I'm, You know, I still note that some apartment complexes, you know, for example, do not have separate bins for things that can be recycled. It is just one big container. Now, not unless they separate the recyclable garbage once it is dumped at their facility as the garbage trucks are being emptied. Well, listeners, that's my hope anyway. So now I just want to know, so what's up with that, listeners? You know, have you ever, um, you know, thought about that? Like, okay, do they separate it as it goes down the road or what? Okay. Here's something else that I want to talk to you guys about. The ice caps are continuing to melt, which makes it an unfortunate chore for the polar bears, for example, to exist in their natural habitat. And recently, the news reported that a piece of ice the size of Delaware just broke off from the Antarctic Peninsula Larsen Sea Ice Shelf. Now, this piece that broke off, listeners, weighed a trillion metric tons which means that this more than gigantic piece of ice is melting and floating into the nearby waters, making the sea levels rise, which equates to flooding of the lands, you know, because of the smaller waterways, you know, feed off the larger waterways. So look, listeners, here's what I'm saying. The breakdown of the ozone layers and breathing problems, for example, are increasing among the world's populace. Because, you know, of, you know, you've guys heard of this because of greenhouse gases that are constantly being put into the air by regular gas and diesel fuel, coal being burned still, you know, maybe not so much here in in our country, but in other countries. And, you know, I just want to throw this in. Unfortunately, some people just don't realize that we are breathing the same air. You know, they think, oh, well, you know, all of that fog and crazy stuff going over there in China with their their air. That's their air. Sorry. It affects us, too. And also, you know, from the gas guzzling cars and trucks that we are driving every single day. Actually, we're all responsible for uh, excuse me for what is going on, you know, with the ecology, you know, here. So now, listen, I was recently asking my husband, you know, I'm always in positive thought. Whatever happened to Al Gore, you know, as he was talking about the dangers of global warming, you know, is he still doing his educational speeches? Well, you know me, I did some research 
And I found out that he is still very much active in talking and educating the public on the actual and factual negative, you know, phenomenon, this global warming and how we can reserve some of this, reverse some of this destruction. Now, Al Gore, I found out, still travels and he has also released a new documentary titled An Inconvenient Sequel, Truth to Power. Now, he was being interviewed on Sunday morning about two weeks ago, which, by the way, you can pull up, you know, the interview on YouTube or if you have like Cox on demand, for example, and listen to his speech is very is very educational. Also, listeners, he is now training others about this disaster. All right. And how to go out and talk to the public about it. Like I all you know, like I always say, educational education is a beautiful thing. Now, here's my question. Why isn't the media putting this out there for people to know that this exists? Do, do you guys have an answer? Well, you know, here's here's my answer. Why you guys may have already come up with an answer. or Maybe you're still thinking about it. Well, because they are constantly talking about too many unnecessary items over and over and over again, like the stupid crap going on in the Trump administration, colluding with the Russians, you know, filming and broadcasting OJ's prison release segments. Really? Okay, come on now, listeners. Look, I get it. The public shouldn't know. All right. About, you know, what I said aforementionedly, especially the White House crap. But do we need to hear it? You know, constantly the same stories all day, all night, report after report after report. I'm certain that there are many positive things that are happening in our country. Matter of fact, I know it is, you know, that would prove to be interesting and maybe even beneficial to the people who are listening to these to these reports. You know, it's like, okay, well, give us an example, Teresa, like what? Okay, well. Here comes the the, the next thing I want to say. Did you know, listeners, that the attorney general of Ohio sued the top three credit reporting agencies, Equifax, Experion and the lovely TransUnion credit reporting agencies, because it is important that a consumer's credit worthiness is displayed more accurate, accurately and not filled with items that stay on for years that have been satisfied that can hurt a consumer for acquiring things in their lives. Are you guys hip to that? Their reach is way too long, I have always thought. And he got a and um he got a number of United States attorney generals to participate in this. Okay, now for more information I want you guys to go to consumersunion.org. Then search for big three credit Bureaus settle with 31 states. Now, the reason for this settlement was, as I said before, to stop the big three credit reporting agencies from employing measures that can be destructive to the consumers. Now, here is another tidbit about the settlement. The article states that the settlement ensures a number of important protections for consumers in the participating states like Alabama, and and rah 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 Arizona. Glad you guys, the Attorney General. Shout out to you here. 
Arkansas, Louisiana, Florida, New York, Illinois, Nevada, Texas, New Mexico, and more. Like a hold of, you know, for example, like a hold of 180 days before putting medical debt onto an individual's report. Dealing with credit card, <clears throat> excuse me, dealing with credit card, they have to, they have to have substantial proof now, listeners, that the debt is yours. They can't just go willy nilly putting it on. That they have to improve, they have to improve how they investigate disputes. For example, by assigning experts to handle cases involving identity theft, mixed files, and fraud. They are banned from pitching credit monitoring products to consumers while they are discussing the, the credit report mistake. And I'm sure that a lot of you have seen these, especially I think it was um, Equifax that was advertising on the, on the television. And now the debt collectors will have to identify the original creditor before a debt is placed on credit reports. And get this, listeners, this settlement, this settlement happened in May of 2015 as the governor of Ohio started this in 2012. Okay. Now I did not know about this settlement and perhaps many of you listening to me did not know either. You know, now the settlement ensures a number of important protections for consumers in participating states. The bureaus have three years to put this practice in place. And I want to say thank you, God, and the participating state attorney generals of the participating states. Okay, now I'm going to bring on my guest so we can get into our topic, the ripple effect. But here comes the but. What I'm going to do right now is I want to take a break because I've given you a lot of information. So I want you to jump on that um, and I want you to get up and stretch and have some water, coffee or tea and come back with me. Back to Here's Teresa on TalkZone.com with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you. Thank you, my fabulous listening audience, for returning with me. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host on the great TalkZone.com Internet Radio. And uh, the topic um, the, of discussion today is the ripple effect. And um, this is an organization that is dedicated to assisting our veterans in this country to regain the footing in a positive manner. And to discuss this matter, we have a friend to our show, Sandy Roberts. She is a phenomenal woman. Sandy Roberts has worked in the crisis and behavioral health field for over 25 years. And among all of the other hats she wears, she is an author of the book, we need to talk about suicide, which, by the way, guys, is available on Amazon.com. Now, Sandy Roberts is involved with the organization, The Ripple Effect, that we are going to be talking about today. And she is affiliated with this organization. And this is located here in the state of Arizona. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sandy's involvement with the organization is that she is a consultant and advisor for Wendy Shackley, who is the founder of The Ripple Effect. She is also part of the core team and provide training and support on crisis intervention and suicide prevention in the military world. The organization has been an official nonprofit for just over a year. But get this, guys, it has become well known and welcomed in the larger 
network of service providers. My next, my next guest is Reginald C. Campbell. He is my brother, he is my friend, and he is a frequent and exceptional guest and commentator for my show. He is described as the world's best mental health therapist because it is true. He has nearly 30 years of being in the field of social work and mental health. He is highly respected for his work in the field of crisis intervention and suicide prevention, which makes this a good marriage of my guests to discuss this topic today. He shares with me the love of dealing with children in his field of expertise. Since migrating here to the state of Arizona like three years ago, that went by very fast from the Midwest, Reginald has enjoyed being employed with an organization located here in the Valley that specializes in the field of mental health therapy and the respect that they have for him as he consistently brings his professionalism, talent, and experience in education to their clients is off the chain. Welcome, Sandy, and welcome, Reginald, to my show. Hi, Teresa. Good, good, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Good to meet you too, Reg. Yes, I, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing good. So, you know, that's because God is great. <laughs> that's what I always say. Now, um, I, I want to start with you, Sandy. And the original, please, of course, chime in. Okay. Now, Sandy, let's, you know, I love the name of this organization, the ripple effect, because according to the dictionary, it means a spreading effect or series of consequences caused by a single action or event. That's a beautiful thing. Now, that is certainly a good definition, definition, I feel, as I said before, as it relates to the organization that you are connected with, the ripple effect. So tell us, Sandy, about the ripple effect and why did you join this organization? Okay. Um, I met Wendy about two years ago. She uh, came to a, a training that I was doing, and she shared her story. She had just lost her son, Joel Allen McNeil. Uh, to suicide in that previous year, and mm-hmm. it was a military type of a situation. He had he had been deployed, he had been injured, uh, he had been diagnosed uh, with post traumatic stress, and then they sent him back out. And it just it was really he was injured again, and it, it just was really bad. He came back, um, and he had some extremely significant challenges, injuries, et cetera, for which there was inconsistent treatment, and he ended up taking his life. Mm. And Wendy just, you know, as, as any mother, friend, parent, you know, you know that mm-hmm. would be, she was just devastated. And when she came to my workshop, she she came and said, she really would love to be able to do something to honor his memory and to do something to help stop this from happening. And mm. so we just, you know, we just worked from there. One of my friends and that from some of our attorney groups helped her form the nonprofit, uh, you know, did some pro bono work for her. It was absolutely wonderful. Um, mm. And basically we, we put together some workshops. She met a fellow named Andrew Jones. Andrew uh, was a Marine. He found he found himself at one point sitting in the closet with a gun to his head, and he had just started to pull the trigger when his son cried out. And this was in the middle of the night. And 
it, it stopped him and it made him rethink what he was doing. And he came aboard with a mentor program that he had been dreaming of being able to put together to empower other veterans to, you know, to help themselves and help each other. And mm-hmm. so actually all of this has come into place. We have been very fortunate to connect with the community college system and mm-hmm. they have been generous in providing spaces for us to do workshops for the community. Any of the community workshops that we do are free. I believe the next one that we have coming up is, um, when is it? Is it in, no, it's not in August. That's the training. Um, I'll get you a date. You'll be able to put it on your, okay. on your calendar there. Okay. And that, I think it's, it's, it's like in September or October. And I think okay. it's early October and that. And, um, and those are free. Then we also do trainings for organizations. And that there is a fee involved for that, but those are very in-depth, uh, you know, way past introductory and basic things that you can use, like we're able to give in our in our workshops. But I want to tell you because our format in our workshops is is it's just amazing. And that first Wendy um, shares her story, and it, it's just it, it's heartbreaking. And then at the same time, you're feeling so wonderful that you're there to be able to do something about it. That yeah. Andrew shared. Andrew shares his story, and he he brings just a, a, a vibrance of you. You just want to get up and you know yell and and do something and everything. And he's very inspiring. He's a great speaker, great trainer. Yeah. And then okay. I I'm. Did you have a question? No, no, no. I was just I was just commenting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then. Um, and then I have time where I kind of bring up two different things because I, I, in some ways, and we provide these materials also, and that in some ways anybody can go to any crisis website and, and have a list of things to say, things not to say, how to talk, et cetera, et cetera. And so I utilize the, the time frame to introduce two processes and that one of them is about communication because, you know, you may tell someone, you know, here's a good thing to say, but people frequently don't know how to bring it up. And mm-hmm. so I give them a, a lot of information on, on how to talk about it. One of the communication tools I use is personality lingo. And mm-hmm. everybody, you, we get to play with it for a little bit. People get to figure out what their communication style is and how that relates to dealing with someone in crisis to be able to look at their style of receiving information separate from our style of giving information. Mission. Okay. We can t- okay. yeah, we can talk all we can talk all day long, but if it's not uh, yeah. in their ears, it's not doing any good. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Reginald, do yeah. you have any comments about what Sandy has said? Uh, I, I think this is a great organization. I am uh, sitting here looking at information from from the website. Um, uh, you know, Shakespeare said, "What is what is in a name?" And um, the ripple effect the name has, I mean, just such power. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if we think about a ripple effect, the ripple effect can have a positive or or negative uh, connotations. You know, if people are going through negative situations, you know, that can have a negative ripple effect. If they're positive, 
Wow. That is, I, I, you know, when I, when, uh, cause Sandy invited, um, uh, my husband and I to attend an event and unfortunately we had a conflict of, a, of our scheduling and we couldn't, um, attend. Um, but it, you know, I read it and I, and I just think it's so fabulous. This is something that our country definitely needs, as I've said before. Now, Reginald, I would like for you, to describe to me and my listeners so that you know, a lot of people don't really know, you know, when they hear the words, you know, crisis intervention. And I'm sure uh, Sandy can, and you both can attest to this crisis intervention and suicide uh, prevention. They're thinking that, oh, they're they're basically the same. Can you give us some things that, you know, what is the difference between crisis intervention and suicide prevention? Well, crisis intervention, you know, can be something as minor as assisting uh, 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 someone um, go through the process of receiving benefits, Social Security benefits, uh, veterans benefits, um, uh, uh, Medicaid, Medicare. You know, so if someone is going through a crisis, or you know, for for their medication, or see a medical provider, uh, a crisis can be. Um, a family whose uh, son is uh, or daughter uh, is, is involved in, in substance abuse or or okay. Uh, so you mm-hmm. provide them health and information on how to deal and work with that. Uh, uh, suicide prevention, uh, in, in my opinion, suicide occurs when when there's no hope. Uh, when mm-hmm. sees that you know this there if there's no way out and the pain is just so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I like on the Ripple Effect uh, website, I, I, I pull this up, and it says one of the things it says, the prevention of suicide uh, will occur naturally because all the needs of all the needs for uh, reintegration have, have been met. So so with meeting a person's needs, uh, I, I totally believe in meeting a person in a crisis where they are. Of, of, mm-hmm. You know, kind of like speaking with a, a three or four year old child, sometimes you have to kneel down to look them in the face, you know, to yeah. meet them where they are. And it's the same thing with uh, with, with any crisis of, of meeting that person where they are before you can help them uh, take the next step. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Reginald. Now, Sandy. Um, military families have far too long been under the radar for getting um, assist- assistance, particularly assistance with health issues and mental health issues. Now, when President Obama came into office, First Lady Michelle Obama took on the initiative, it was one of her many initiatives, to assist military um, you know, personnel and families in and out of the service. As in, you know, when I'm researching for the show's uh, topic today, you know, your organization website states in part the following. There is a huge social issue in our country today within the veteran community. Military veterans make up approximately 7% of the country's population, yet account for 20% of the overall suicide rate. Sandy, why do you think the suicide rate is so high among the segment of this country's population? There's a couple things that happen, Teresa, that are significant contributors, uh, and some of it is really just starting to come out into the light. And that's the type of injuries that they're sustaining. It's the, you know, they're finally talking about moral injury. 
They're talking about what it means for someone to actually help their country by fighting an enemy that is armed or has a bomb wrapped around them that's going to go off. And um, in some of these other countries, the way that they're using children to be suicide bombers, etc. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of finally addressing what happens when you have to do something that's really against your nature. You're over there trying to save someone, and the reality of having to end someone else's life in order to save your life or your platoon's life is Mm -hmm. really foreign to how we're wired. Um, and, And that kind of segues into one of the treatment modalities that I am just, this is like a week I'm just completely thrilled out of my mind because Kaiser Permanente, one of the largest um, healthcare providers in all up and down the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, just came out in their journal acknowledging um, that one of the successful treatments for trauma is what they call <clears throat> um, emotional freedom technique. It's tapping on acupuncture points. And it's something that I personally have been using for about a dozen years. And it is noted as being very successful that they have done clinical trial after clinical trial, uh, so much so that literally just in the last couple of weeks, um, Kaiser came out completely endorsing it, uh, completely with report after report of substantiated um, efforts, et cetera. And it's something, um, I don't know if you use it, Reggie, uh, or if you're familiar with it, but it's very simple. You do, you're, you're literally tapping on some of the acupuncture points. And j- just to cut to the chase on it, basically what it's doing is it's kind of soothing the fight or flight that's kind of stopping the oxygenation getting you know to the brain. And so when you get into that panic mode, you're stuck in that panic mode and there's not an easy way out. And this process helps you get out of that panic mode and get into clear thinking, which takes, which reduces that sort of emergency response. And it's Mm -hmm. very helpful in de-escalation. And I, I personally have used it. um, You know, here this is like you know sad and and good at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. I was at a VFW Veterans of Foreign Wars meeting a couple weeks ago. And that with Wendy, and in within a short period of time, out of the uh, like 40 to 50 veterans who were there, two of them came and shared with us that they had been suicidal. In fact, had even made sort of an attempt in the previous two weeks, and mm. one of them was well, very, very um, you know upset yeah. at the moment. And and we we literally. We literally just stood there and worked with this process, and it helped de-escalate. And then we were also able to help him get, you know, additional services, and we were able to provide additional services, which is part of where our mentor program really helps because the mentor program has veterans who are able to follow up and that with the other veterans. Okay. Now, Rachel, do you have any comments about what Sandy uh, said? Because I have a question I want to follow up with you. No, I, I think that's a great method. I'm, I'm familiar with it. Uh, uh, we don't use it at the organization that, that, that I was, but I think that's a, that's a, a, a great method, you know, the acupuncture thing. Uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of veterans come back, um, you know, as Sandy was saying, you know, when, when 
veterans are involved in conflict, um, and you know, someone has to you know take a child's life that strapped in a suicide bomb. Uh, you know, when you're going through basic training and things like that, you know, a lot of times you're not veterans are trained for those kind of things. It's engaging the enemy, it's engaging you know another um, uh, uh, another soldier or, or another man. Uh, but with warfare now, uh, you know, a lot of terrorists are using uh, women and children as uh, human shields. So, you know, the situation where someone has to face a child's life or, or a woman's life, I mean, that, that's a traumatic event. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, you know, they would be uh, uh, held for post-traumatic stress or something like that because, you know, again, it's a choice of, uh, you know, do I... Yeah, I should have been taken care of, you know, because as I have often said, uh, thank you for that saying, Reginald, what I have often said on my uh, program is that war is a terrible thing. And anyone who is pushing war, I think that they need to go and experience the effects on it. And then maybe perhaps we will be better equipped to settle our differences in a more in a more different fashion other than, you know, throwing bombs at one another. Now, Rachel, you know, on that, I would like to ask you a question. I know that, you know, you deal with suicide prevention in your work with youth to adults. And um, and I just like to know, have you ever had to deal with an individual who just left the military and helping him or her, you know, to, you know, gain their uh, footing, you know, positively in order that they can be, you know, fully functional in our society? Can you uh, briefly tell us about that? Uh, sure. Um, I've dealt with uh, you know, quite a few individuals uh, in my career that have left the military and, uh, uh, you know, trying to find find their footing. Actually, I'm, I'm working with a, with a gentleman now uh, kind of in that situation. And it's, uh, there, unfortunately, there are some uh, limitations of, of, of uh, information and stuff that we have that, that uh, you know, I can person with. And so having, you know, having, being able to uh, reintegrate that person back into society and to their family is, is very important. And mm-hmm. and having uh, having the things that the person needs, uh, uh, employment, employment training, uh, shelter, food, uh, substance abuse training, uh, uh, post-traumatic stress therapy or you know, whatever other kind of therapy that, that the person needs. My, my uh, modality, my specialty is uh, reality therapy and cognitive uh, behavior therapy, and I'm, I'm trained in uh, trauma therapy as well. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so being able to you know, go through the steps um, um, that that person uh, needs, uh, how to help their family as well and integrate 
Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for that. Now, this is a question that's going to be for both you and and um, uh, uh, Sandy, Reginald. I want to start with Sandy, and then after Sandy answers, I would like for you to chime in. What preventative measures do you think our government should implement, you know, let's say within the military structure in order to address, Sandy kind of talked about it and you did too, um, to in order to address not only alleviating but getting rid, if that is possible, of the suicide rate among our military personnel. You know, like you know, like Sandy had talked earlier, and you did too, Reginald. I believe that you know their you know their individuals' minds just aren't set up to see the horrific things that we see, you know, in war. So, Sandy, could um, you answer that for me? Um, yes, the. Um the base on the west side of the town, and, and I'm, is that Luke, um, is, is adding in a, a process so that when, when the military personnel, when the veterans are coming back and that from a deployment, that some of these services, including the ripple effect, uh, will be there, uh, literally just outside the gate, uh, in, in, in the military function there, uh, to be able to help people reintegrate, to help them get to these services, to help them, you know, to help see who, who needs them, you know, to, pri- to prioritize it, et cetera. So, um, there are, there are some things going into effect with help with the military base in order to be able to do that. Uh, these are long, slow processes. You know, we've been working with some, some of the people from the base. Uh, for over a year talking about these processes, but, you know, it's, it's getting closer. There's a building that's been designated and they're, you know, we're part of the process of, of who's going to be there. So, mm-hmm. and what, um, the one thing I didn't get to say about when we have our workshops is what we do after, um, each of us have a chance to speak is we literally just gather everyone into a circle. And we have a little talking piece that we hand around, and each person gets to say, you know, who they are, if they have any particular needs, or if they're a service provider and have any particular services that they're offering. And mm-hmm. so we have we have this opportunity, and that within the framework of a, of a community workshop, you know, to connect people with different services. Mm-hmm. Reginald, let's hear your response to the question. You know, uh, two or three hundred years ago, when uh, when natives would go on a on a buffalo hunt, uh, there'd be uh, you know someone injured or killed, uh, even uh, a, a horse or pony injured or killed, you know, during, during the buffalo hunt. So after a buffalo hunt, uh, the natives would uh, uh, put the who participated in the buffalo hunt. They would have a couple weeks of rest and relaxation prior to being reintegrated back to the community. So mm-hmm. then they knew that there was something that that need that needed to be provided for for people after a situation like that. And it's the same thing that we should do uh, uh, in, in, in our military. The, the first thing I'll say, the first thing we need to do to prevent that is to everything that we can prevent for. That's 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 number one. Uh, President Eisenhower said the last person who wants to be involved in war 
reading um, from the information that you sent uh, me recently that your organization has been an official nonprofit for just over a year and has become well known and welcomed in a larger network of service providers. Now, I think this is great because I think that by being affiliated with other organizations resembling yours, you know, can only spread a wider net, you know, to assist military personnel with their mental crisis, health needs, training, helping them to find employment and support for crisis intervention and suicide prevention. Now, let's, um, you know, talk a little bit about because I'm running out of time, <laughs> you know, as usual. But let's talk about your organization uh, providing training in the military world and what type of training does your organization provide and is there a cost associated with this training? Um, we, uh, as far as training, training, the mentor program is basically a, a group of veterans and that who, you know, who Andrew interviews, et cetera, et cetera, and that we, we take a group at a time and we train, we train them. Uh, it's a two full days of training and then some follow-up training on a monthly basis and Mm -hmm. what what they're trained to be able to do is you know to recognize crisis to recognize when something's happening but they're also connected with all the resources so that if someone you know needs a loaf of bread needs groceries needs gas for the car needs help with you know how to get to who can help them with a utility bill uh that they're going to do that also if they need mm-hmm. medical care, if they, you know, if it's suicide crisis, and that, you know, we're there for all of that. So the the mentors are trained in that, and each mentor usually has about three mentees in that as this program grows out, and that we're about to do our third mentor training next week, and that if there's a veteran who is seriously interested in becoming a mentor, it is a commitment. Um, the training to the mentors is free, and the organization, of course, is seeking grant funds to cover the cost. It, it is costly. It does cost several thousand dollars, and that to put on one of these trainings to be able to provide all the information for everyone. And so uh, we do have a training coming up next week. If someone is interested, they probably could still get into it. They would have to talk to Andrew, and we do that quarterly. And... Then, uh, just an example, yesterday, um, some, we ha- somehow we had uh, 
two tickets to the baseball game and a parking pass, and we were able to give that to a veteran, and he was actually able to take his two sons to the game. And it was right. very, it, it was wonderful because, you know, he couldn't have done it himself. It, it just mm-hmm. happened. So, you know, if, if anyone has spare things like that that they're not using, and that mm-hmm. you know, we're grateful to be able to make somebody's day. I mean, the, the the smile on the kid's face when they came by to pick up the tickets was just unbelievable and heartwarming. Just, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, so it can be everything from, you know, crisis intervention to recognizing, you know, that they need that type of emergency help to, you know, going to a ball game or, you know, grocery shopping or something. So mm-hmm. that's happening. And that then we do have those community workshops and, you know, er, er, everything, you know, obviously any donation to the organization and that is a tax write-off and, and it just helps support a lot. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. I mean, you know, that that is a good thing. And and for all of my listeners out there, if you're listening, I liked um, when you said, Sandy, that someone had donated tickets and this gave the the veteran an opportunity to, you know, be able to take his his son somewhere, you know, because he could not afford to take him, you know, to the to this game. And it and it brought so much um you know, so much delight to them. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to help one another. So I'm going to give you guys, the, you know, the website and Sandy's information as well as Reginald's, um, um, you know, information as well after the show. But uh, Reginald, I have a question for you. And that is that the, you know, in my research, I found out that the jobless rate for veterans who served in active duty uh, since 2001 declined from 12.1% in 2011 to 5.8% in 2015. Now, this is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The unemployment rate for all veterans was also cut in half during that time from 8.3% in 2011 to 4.6% in 2015. Now, do you think, Reginald, that when an individual is done with their time in the military and they are doing their best to infuse themselves back into general society and wanting to acquire employment for helping themselves and their family and they are, let's say, having a time of it for doing so, you know, some struggles, you know, with finding a job and so forth. Could that, you know, just that, uh, could they be, could just that feeling um, turn into maybe, you know, non-useful? And could that be part of the catalyst for bringing on some mental instability? I hope that question makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Um, you know, if a person, man or woman, comes back or has completed their uh, military service, and if their uh, you know, their job in the military was something that uh, cannot be uh, done in the regular workforce, you know, whatever whatever that is, um, that that person does need um, assistance and. Uh, job training, uh, education, you know, trade school, college, community college, you know, anything like that. So, um, you know, because everyone wants to feel useful, be it an adult, Mm -hmm. be it a child, whatever, everyone wants to feel useful. And uh, uh, that's something that I wish was there and available for every veteran that when Mm -hmm. he or she uh, leaves the military that,
hear a lot of, uh, you know, talk about helping the veterans and uh, the current administration is, you know, doing a lot of yakety-yak about this, about the veterans, but, you know, that's all it is, yakety-yak about the veterans. And in the meantime, we have, you know, people who are in need. Uh, so we need these organizations to help people. We don't need more rhetoric. What we need is action. Exactly. And there, that's a good segue into my next question for you and Sandy. Now, the U.S. News reported on May 5th, 2016, that a gentleman named Tom Risen, he's a staff writer, he did a report titled Michelle Obama, Jill Biden, Promote Jobs for the Veterans Program. Now, the article states in, in part that companies, including Amazon, um, pledged to hire more than 110 veterans and military spouses to train nearly 60,000 veterans in the next five years. I'm sure that the both of you know that. But um, First Lady Michelle Obama and Jill Biden, um, uh, they celebrated the fifth anniversary last year uh, at the White House, you know, aimed to easing the transition from military to civilian life by encouraging companies to hire veterans and military spouses. And this is a program they praise for helping cut veteran joblessness in, in half since 2011. Now, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos and Amazon's head of military outreach, Kathleen Carroll, joined um, Michelle Obama and Jill Biden at a press conference uh, last year with representatives from more than 40 companies that participate in the program known as Joining Forces and vowed to boost the tech giant's role in the effort. Now, I think this is a fabulous thing. We I got about five minutes. I think this is a fabulous thing, um, Sandy, and I just was wanting to know, uh, are you familiar with um, the organization Joining Forces? Actually, I'm not, so I, I wrote it down. I'm going to check into that. Um, you know, yes, we we need to be able to help get jobs, obviously, but we also, you know, Reg, Reggie and I in that want to make sure that they're stable and able to mm-hmm. keep those jobs so that they don't have something else that's going on that's coming up that, you know, that that they are unable to do anything about without some assistance. And so, you know, being able to be physically and emotionally ready to be able to, to keep those jobs is, is just as critical as getting them. Reginald? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question, please? I'm sorry. Sure. No, no worries. Um, we were talking about um, the, uh, the the companies, including Amazon, that pledged to hire uh, more than 110 veterans and military spouses and to train nearly 60,000 veterans in the next years, in the next five years. Actually, I didn't really. Ha- the, the question that I had was I wanted to ask Sandy and she responded. Did she was she familiar with the organization Joining Forces? Now, I want to know if you have uh, heard of it. Sandy said she hadn't. She jotted it down, which is it makes me feel good that that I'm able to to. um And this is one of the things that I that I want to bring is information to my listeners and things. So that's a little uh, a tick for me this morning makes me feel better. And um have you ever heard of the, the organization joining forces? And, um you know, what do you think, you know, in about if you can answer that in about a minute? Um, you know, about organizations, do you think it's a good thing that organizations are joining um, each other in order to hire, you know, the military personnel and their spouses? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I can answer that in less than a minute. I can answer that in probably 10, 10 seconds. Uh, no, I okay. haven't heard about the organization, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm for any organization that is willing, able, and ready to help our veterans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we need to have that. I mean, it's, it's like you had said before earlier in the program that, you know, started with Vietnam, you know, and, you know, that was some years ago. And then that's when I started taking note that the government is not doing nearly enough to help these individuals. As a matter of fact, they weren't even, you know, welcomed after serving this long time war. And, and a lot of them didn't even come back. Um, a lot of them stayed over there. A lot of them, you know, and had all these problems that you guys in the middle industry know um, that and some of these veterans are still with us today and still have these problems. And it's a very sad thing. Now, I want to say that, of course, I'm running out of time, um, but I want to end with that something that First Lady Michelle Obama stated um, at her White House event that she had last year in May. She said she said no matter who is in the White House. This should this should continue to be a national priority with national leadership coming from this building. And I just want to say that the individuals, the administration that is presently in the White House is not addressing these issues. But I do want to say that I totally applaud you, uh, Reginald and Sandy Roberts, for being very well ingrained in helping our military personnel. And I'm sure that a lot of the individuals that are listening are very happy that you're doing it as well. And I want to thank the both of you for taking your time and discussing this matter. Um, this is, um, uh, we talked about the ripple effect, this spell R-I-P-P-L-E. And uh, let me give you the website to that. It's www.theripple.effect.com az.org okay and you can contact Sandy Roberts by Sandy Roberts at Mac mac.com Reginald Campbell you can contact him through Reginald Campbell 53 at yahoo.com his phone number is 480-206-6416 I thank you all for listening to me I am happy to be talking with you I'm going to continue to be on the mend and we'll be coming back two weeks from today with another very interesting and educational topic. And I want to sign off by saying be kind to yourself and one another. This is Teresa E. Keys, and I thank you for listening to me. God bless. Mm-hmm.